0: Bailey and Harper, episode 90, The Prodigal Sons have returned. We're back on a Tuesday morning. Nothing feels more like an adult podcast than just getting together on a Tuesday morning during a workday and knocking this bad boy out. We used to do it like late night, like Bailey and Harper after After dark, dark. and it it felt like we were always kind of doing something that might get us in trouble, but now we're like buttoned up Tuesday morning. This is when we rock every week. I like this. Yeah, we've been consistent. It's a grown-up it, podcast.
1: It has been more grown-up. I think we focused on that. I mean, you missed the other week, so I'm going to bring it up again because <laughs> it's always my fault and it's your fault. That's, um,
0: uh, that's, that's you got to bring I'm, this shit up again. Huh? Yeah,
1: yeah. that's why I'm going with it, Kyle, and I'm cool with that.
0: 90. 90. All right, go ahead and kick us off. But you got to do it. I think you should go ahead right, and kick us easy. off. All right, local legend, North Carolina boy from Wilson, North Carolina. Julius Peppers, number 90, future Hall of Famer, will be a Hall of Famer very soon. Just inducted into the Panthers' Hall of Honor. Uh, the team's Hall of Fame. For those that don't know, just two weeks ago against the t- or three weeks ago, I guess. Yeah, against they're the trying Texas. to do anything
1: to keep people interested.
0: Wow! Wow! Are you you gonna you gonna shade Pep like that? Huh? My man went into the Hall of Honor. Come on, that has nothing
1: to do with Pep. Has more to do with Tep. But.
0: All right, <laughs> Pep and tip. All right. Yeah, yeah that's the other one. All right, fine. Yeah. So all right, so four team, four time first team All Pro. Yeah. Defensive end, rookie of the year. He was seven times for uh, NFL All Pro, nine time Pro Bowler. All-decade team, the 2000s. All-decade team, 2010s. Um, I could keep going. But, you know, Julius Peppers, number 90. That's the guy. Yeah, Easy. man, I, I love it. And uh, you never got to play with Pep. He, he came back after you You you. up, uh, No, I played him up, against right?
1: him multiple, multiple times, and he's a phenomenal athlete. I mean, he's a giant.
0: Um, yeah, they don't make him like him very often. No, no, no. He's, I mean, he's like a special edition human.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's humongous. He's the one that you let first off the bus. I mean, he played basketball forever. For could have played in
0: the NBA if he wanted to.
1: I don't know about that. Yeah, he could have. But I know.
0: He played at North Friggin Carolina. Come on now.
1: Yeah, bro, but he's like six six.
0: He could have played in the NBA. So it was Charles Barkley.
1: Different time. <laughs> <laughs> different time. It wasn't that different, though. And Charles had, like, a, a a jumper and some other stuff that I think Pep was just like... We need to get Coach Doherty back
0: in here. He coached Pep. He'll tell you all about it now.
1: I would love to hear this. I, 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 think, I think Pep could have probably played... If Pep only played basketball.
0: By the way, well, okay, yeah. I talked to Darty the other day. I was like, you got to get back in with me and Rome for the podcast. And he's all about it. So okay. I, I wish we'd done that because this would have been the perfect one for him. Yeah. We'll get him to weigh in next week. How about I mean, that?
1: Deal. I'm cool with you. Because he's
0: told me before, he's like, Pep could have played in the NBA.
1: If Pep only played basketball. If he
0: focused on basketball. Yeah. Yes. Right. Now, he loved basketball, but it was also just kind of something he did during the winter right. when he was at Carolina. No big deal.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, he was the only dude out there with freaking like 19-inch arms on the basketball court right? Like just, just bullying dudes. Just bullying dudes. Just yeah. looking like somebody. But then also that,
0: dropping them in off high off the glass. Yeah. And just yeah. Oh, just somebody phenomenal. looking like they don't belong out here at all. Yeah. Because
1: he does not match the rest of the So body who's your 90?
0: What do you got for us? Who'd all you... right. I got two. Okay. All right. Of course, you got to show off, but yeah, go ahead.
1: Well, it's it's just that these guys are so instrumental, and one was just has been completely dominant. The other one is just very instrumental in my life. So the first one, I'm going to go with Neil Smith. I know Neil Smith. Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, and right. Denver Broncos, right? Uh, yeah, with the Denver Broncos as well. That's why he won, yeah, uh, a Super Bowl. At so, he was a two-time Super Bowl champ. I think both with the Denver Broncos. He was a Kansas City Hall of Fame. He's in the Kansas City Hall of Fame. He was also in the 1990s All-Decade Team. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, and he played from 1998 to 2000. Long career. He actually finished a career with 104 and a half sacks. But for me, I liked him because he was the first player with the nose strip. And he would paint them different colors. Yeah. But he was like the first football player with the nose breathe right strip
0: so do you know neil well at all no i don't all right so anytime i've gone to the super bowl <laughs> like over the years you can guarantee i'm getting an interview with neil smith when we're at radio i row gotta find this guy he is one of the most entertaining hilarious people of all time right he's usually uh, there on behalf of some company right doing his thing but he's a really entertaining guy I so love these this. companies that want to push their product to the super bowl like they're all lining up to get neil smith to endorse their product because he'll go around radio <laughs> row all day and he'll he'll do conversations all day long so when i get to go to the super bowl one of the first things i do is check my schedule of interviews like where's neil smith where's neil neil smith and he's usually on it and he's one of my favorite dudes to talk to so that's awesome
1: i gotta make sure i bring him out i i, I would love to meet this guy and i told you he stood out to me always and it's because of the, the 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 breathe right strip right like the first person in the nfl to put it on i guess such a fun guy all right so the second guy is just a flat out baller okay and that is tj watt Ooh. tj watt's only been in the league since 2017 uh, he's a th- already a three-time, what is that? So in six seasons, this is his sixth season? Am yep. I counting that correctly? I believe so, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll double-check that for you. All right. He's already been first-team All-Pro three times. He's In six seasons, he's been to five Pro Bowls. He's already, he's the, he tied for the season sack all-time, but most sacks in one season with Michael Strahan with 22-and-a-half. All right. And then six years, the dude's got 88 Seven seasons. This is his seventh yeah, season. Yeah, so it's on seven. He's right on now. seven, yeah. Yes. And he has eighty-eight sacks already. And we ain't even counting his seventh season yet. So <laughs>
0: he's good. This guy is gonna shatter records and it has completely balled out. Um He's he, also the reason why for five straight years the Carolina Panthers organization has been spiraling. Because <laughs> on a Thursday night in in Pittsburgh he destroyed Cam Newton's shoulder one final time. Oh yeah, when the team was with six the, and two. The, yeah, yeah, with the hit. And then Carolina proceeded to lose seven of the next eight down the stretch. T.J. Watt <laughs> is the actual reason for this organization spiral here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't know if you knew that or not, but
1: you know what? Now that you think, now that you mention it, I do recall that play. And yeah. It, like just kind of guy hit right off the from the right side. Yeah. Cam just didn't see
0: him. Didn't and like, really Troy Aikman's him. on commentary that night making everybody feel worse. He's like, well, it came from his rights. I don't know. He didn't see that. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I it's agree. like, shut yeah, up, yeah. Troy. Nobody's, I, nobody cares about that right now. Cam's hurt,
1: damn it. And I, and <laughs> hey, no, I I was literally in my mind thinking, I mean, it came from his right. I, I don't really understand how he didn't. Like, he needs to step up, feel that. Yeah. Troy's right. Yeah, it's like, Troy, you're not wrong, but shut up, Dan. <laughs> we don't need that right now. Cam's down, man. Come on. Hey, it's almost like my wife... Like a couple of days ago, she started talking to me about something and she was complaining. And then I tried to give her like an honest, like good feedback. I thought she was like, I wasn't talking for like feedback. I just wanted to vent. Like,
0: Correct. Correct. Cor- Correct. Oh, that's th- buddy. Let me my tell, bad. You. Let <laughs> let me tell me, you. Let me, let me, you know, my- you and I can lock in on some of those zones. <laughs> I had that exact same talk a couple of days ago. I just, I just need to vent. Okay. Well, I don't mind being the person that you vent to. But let's also try to keep in mind that I'm solution-oriented as a person. So when you come to me with a problem – you got to understand that my first reaction is well. Let's solve that problem. Yeah. Let's figure out what the answer is. Let's figure let, out how you make that go away. Let
1: me and, give you the same and solution based mindset that I'm in. And right. They don't want none of that. They don't.
0: And I'm working toward <laughs> being a better sounding board for you. Sometimes, yeah. like I, I get it. Like you need that. But you also need to remember that you are coming to me, a man who is solution oriented and would like for us to figure this problem out, so we don't have to vent anymore. No. Nope. But no, that's not what they want. No, it's I don't want they... that at all. I as a matter of fact,
1: you take your sanity. And I spit it back in your face because I don't want that shit. <laughs> don't want it. Don't want it. Reject it. Reject it. Very hard.
0: Take your sanity and your logic and your analytics and all that stuff and just, you know, shove it up your ass. I'm all right,
1: watch. Kyle. Action packed weekend. Oh, I mean, we're moving on br- oh, abruptly. Man, I, I'm ready. Like this is we got so much we gotta get. Okay, to, we though. do.
0: You went to we, Lexington, Kentucky again. You flew in a Black Hawk helicopter. Let's start there. That looked like a hell of a lot of fun.
1: Well, I wasn't even gonna start on myself.
0: But I we think we should.
1: Uh, okay, let's start there. Yeah. One of the coolest experiences ever. All right, Kyle. So I'm sitting in here. First of all, we roll up. Everybody knows. Well, if you don't know, I was wearing Kentucky Bregalia because we we're in Lexington and yeah. it was going to be cold up top. Trying to be a nice guest. Yeah, and I didn't bring like that heavy of a coat.
0: They even make it. They make Alabama coats. Does it get cold enough in Tuscaloosa to require a coat? I thought about that one. I, I mean, I it.
1: guess Nike could put an A on anything, they but could. I don't really think so. I mean, I, do you own an Alabama
0: winter coat in your closet? <laughs> no. I didn't think you all. did. No. <laughs> not even so, a
1: pullover starter jacket. No, (laughs) no. So, so anyway, so we go out there, Kyle. It's like, man, this is cool as hell. Not only that, but then they got two Harriers like out there too that are about to do some flies and doing some stuff too. So they're working. I'm like, dude, those are real deal Harriers. Like, and they're like, yeah, they're old. They're about to actually get put up. We don't have that many Harriers functioning in America anymore. I think it's probably less than 20 or 30. It's like not that many left. And it's like. Old school, but I guess we you know we have a, what they call a F twenty two Raptor, which can do the same type of deal, but it's way more efficient, a much big like kind of a killing machine is what these things are, is what they kinda explained to us. It was like, I mean, and even it's the what black they're designed Hawk, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the Blackhawk that I was in, I was like, So, where do y'all put all the guns and missiles at? Of course. And they were like, So, this is more of a defense, all right. Defense, rap uh, defense, Blackhawk. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they there showed was no s- like fifty
0: cal machine gun mounted.
1: It so they did not have it mounted when Damn. we were in it, but they showed me where the rack is, where it, it goes. Okay, and they're like, yes, these are such and such. The bill- they they shot, they can shoot off five thousand rounds a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Insane. It, insane. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> My
0: dad literally tests those things every day,
1: and he was like, every tenth one. Or fifth, fifth one is a, as a tracer round. So that's usually when people seeing these things fire off, you see all the lights. But it's like, in between those tracers that you see, which it just looks like you're just spitting off tracer rounds, it's like five or ten other bullets that are firing out. So um, this thing can do damage, but this is not, this is not the machine we want if we want to go in there, and be a, on the aggressive. Right. Like, this is more of the defensive. We help people get in and out. I mean, we can be able to. Defend ourselves a little bit, but they're extracting people.
0: Yes, they probably still have like the M240s and the M6. I'm sorry, again, my dad works in ballistics. No, no, I love it. For anybody that doesn't know, like I would get calls from my dad when he was when I was a kid, and, and like he'd call me from work when I was like nine. He'd be like, "Listen to this," and he'd just start you know blasting off rounds. So you know those, you know, he tests the anything from the. The mounted 50 cal machine guns on the Blackhawks to yep. the M240s, M60s, the other smaller machine guns they mount on the front for the pilots to use. Yep. Um, those Blackhawks are badass, man.
1: So what is it called? The the newer uh oh, the newer helicopters that they use are the Apaches. Mm. Now the Apaches are the bad boys yeah. of what America has yeah. nowadays. Oh yeah. And he was just like, you know, the you see the big 50 cal that they're firing off they have on the apache they have a smaller caliber um
0: 762
1: I think a smaller caliber machine gun up yeah. there and he was like the cool thing about it is is that the it, like the 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 people that are flying the helicopter have a helmet on and they're able to and that once they engage it all they do is look and the gun follows where they look. Yeah. It's whoa, <laughs> so funny. it's like it's like you're really like just shooting with your eyes. You're yes. like, yeah, wherever you look, that's where it goes. It's censored that way. I'm like, for real? He's like, Yes. Oh yeah. I was like, bro, I don't even want to know too much more because
0: that is just like – It's terrifying. It, it's, it, it is. It's like – Because it's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> see something, shoot something. You yeah, know, that, you know say, the saying right now, see something, say – no, it's like see something, shoot something is what they got going
1: they, on. They it, – it's – man, the American dollar has gone so far, and our military is the capability. Uh, you know, It was during Veterans Day weekend, so want to be a shout-out to them and everything that – like I saw it firsthand like what our veterans do for us or have the capability to do for us is what allows us to have our freedoms every single day to sure. be able to walk in and out of our door uh without worrying about bombs dropping on us or you know we have the ability to say our government stinks or we have the ability those freedoms that we sometimes take for granted because in a lot of other places you don't have those same freedoms so um shout out to our, all of our veterans that that protect us and allow us to live our lives now I get in there. They're like, okay, it's going to be cold. We go through this long checklist of all these things we got to be agreed with and all that, all right?
0: Got to sign waivers and shit, probably.
1: I didn't sign any waivers. Really? We had to sign off on a lot of things. Okay. A lot of verbal communication. So we get in there, and I'm like, all right, you know, it's not that bad, you know? Strap in. I'm locked in. Uh, The people are wearing, like, these uh, Star – like, the the pilots, like, are wearing these, like, Star Wars-looking – what are the Star Wars the Star Wars people, not uh, the, the, the Minions? Uh, storm the Stormtroopers? The Stormtroopers. Right. All their helmets look like Stormtroopers.
0: I knew a Star Wars thing, and I've never seen those movies. How about that?
1: There we go. You helped me out here. All right, so they all look like Stormtroopers, their helmets. Okay? And so I'm sitting there like, all right, that's, that's unique. And I'm like, so are you guys going to close the doors? They're like, no. We're not closing the doors. <laughs> you I'm need like, to strap in. All right. <laughs> this is a little different. Now we're getting real. Yeah. So – it was two of us going up two uh two uh, blackhawks going up so we're starting to roll right so we're on the ground still the other blackhawk goes up and then just lightly lands back down so i'm like all right that was weird all right why are they going up and down are they practicing because we're not practicing right now so i'm a little not questioning anything not nervous well not scared maybe a little nervous Cause I just I haven't done this before, right? So we get over there, we get on the runway, and dude, we just shoot up like boof, explode up. And the later on, the, the drivers they were all like, "Yeah, we just want to fuck with y'all." You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like like we just want to, you know, just kind of you know, we oh, gonna yeah. do this. So it's like let's like fuck with them a little bit, of course, so, right? So they shot us up. Me and my man Jordan Rogers were cursing like, "Oh shit!" Like that, and then we got up there, and it was just so peaceful. Being that high up, I couldn't imagine, like, going on a mission and being in that Blackhawk and then looking to the side of you, you got your other guys with you. Yeah. And, like, we're just flying together all over, all across Lexington on top. You know, we went over the stadium. We went and saw some stables. We saw Keeneland. We went all over these places in Lexington. It was just, like, looking at the world from that high up. Oh, dude. And it's just so peaceful. And, you know, we're going 80, 90 miles per hour. It doesn't feel like it.
0: Especially that part of the world where you're over top of the mountains too. Yeah, That's the, different
1: the the colors of the trees. Tall oh, buddy. It was so beautiful. The oranges, the the, the yellows, the little bit of greens. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like, damn, I man, just Earth looks so pretty right here. You know what I mean? And then you, and you get to like, then you got to watch
0: Alabama whoop Kentucky not too long after.
1: Yeah, we did. Um Alabama definitely put that put them pawpaws on them pretty they did. Early. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm always joking, like, oh, Bama by 50? Yeah. I mean, dude, it it was almost Bama by 50 really early. Alabama yeah. Alabama's a team that's really, really improving right now, and it's something to be said about teams that are starting to hit their stride versus teams like who we still have some undefeated teams that have not played great and clean coming down the stretch here. Florida State's a team that seems to be struggling yeah. week after week. They're winning. I'm giving them credit for the wins. But, man – you know, they're teetering here. Washington is another team that continues to teeter, you know, every single week. It's like, man, they're not thriving. They're surviving. And I know the schedule's getting tough, and it's tough to be undefeated, but some of these teams are really starting to kick in the stride as a one-loss team. Alabama was one of those.
0: They are. You said pop It was funny. I had the game on, right? And uh, my son, who's 15 months old now, sees Nick Saban walking across the field on TV. And I will grant you that my dad, without a mustache, does kind of look like Nick Saban. And so my son is yelling, "papa" as Nick Saban is walking across the screen on Saturday. That's so that not a
1: bad Papa to have. not a bad Papa to have. <laughs> um, not, not, a bad, not at that's all. goat pawpaw. So I texted
0: my dad, and he was like, you tell that boy I'm six inches taller than Nick Saban. So he didn't like that part. But um, getting back to it, this might be the best coaching job Nick Saban's ever done. I, mean, I think he's got to finish it, but I, you know, this might be one of the best coaching jobs that he's ever done. Because I, I still don't think that Alabama this t- today has the level of talent overall they had five years ago on the roster. I don't think they, I, but I think they have enough talent. Obviously, they're Alabama, and I think Nick is doing a very good coaching job That's this year. That's
1: such a, I mean, it's just funny because my my man Cole Kubrick and I talked about it last night, and Cole made this statement. It was just like. How many people were so worried and concerned about this Alabama team after like week two or
0: three? Tons. <laughs>
1: it was like, Tons. this team's going to have four, three losses. Yeah. Four losses.
0: Well, they very quickly went to the former Notre Tyler, what's his name? The Tyler former, t- Thank you. And they, that was a mistake, right? So they went back to Jalen Milroe as they should have. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Alabama's in disarray. They can't figure out who the quarterback <laughs> is. And it's like, okay, six weeks later. No, we're, everybody's still worried about Clemson. Nick's figured it out over here, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, man, it, it, we look up.
1: I mean, Jalen Merrill had six touchdowns week before he ran for four. Like he's broken. He's done in two weeks. He's done two. Like in consecutive weeks, he's done something that no other player in Alabama's history has done. Right. No other quarterback's been responsible for six touchdowns in one game. No, no other quarterback has ran for four touchdowns in a game. Mm -mm. And I'm like, man, he's like putting it all together. And like you said, Kyle, We're not even talking about the defense where I think their defense is what makes this team special. Agreed. This defense is lights out. They got some dudes in the secondary that can cover. They're being physical, and they're playing more dominant up front in the defensive side of the football. And this Alabama team is figuring themselves out. And I think Nick's really enjoying coaching these young men. Half of it is because they're probably young and hungry, and they lost. They weren't good. They weren't successful early. And, you know, you always want to you, – you yearn to get better after a loss so much more than you do after wins. And so when this team got handed a loss early, I think it was humbling. I think they looked at each other and said, man, we ain't worried about none of that. We can still go out there and accomplish all of our goals. And right now uh, it's going to be super interesting to see how this season finishes off. You know, it's only four teams getting into the playoffs. But, man, it's so many other teams that are all going to be right there at the end. And what happens if Texas runs the table? I was going to say,
0: there's a world in which, because I had a caller call my show yesterday and yeah. asked me this. He's like, KB, what do you think? will happen in this scenario where you know these three teams are undefeated and alabama wins the the, uh, the the sec title but texas is the big 12 champ and i'm like i think it's easy i think texas gets in and alabama doesn't mm-hmm. because you've got the head-to-head and it happened in tuscaloosa so like in that scenario that he laid out where it's like hey you've got these three unbeaten teams they're getting in um i think it was ohio state washington and i forget oh florida state you know and he was like you know alabama let's say they win the sec title they beat georgia but texas is also the big 12 champ who gets in i'm like i don't even think that's debate I mean, I think we all appreciate what Alabama is, but when you literally have the head-to-head data point and Texas went on the road in yep. Tuscaloosa, like, I, I think that's – And the crazy
1: thing is, is, like, this Alabama team is not even close to that, that team they beat. <laughs> like, they're not even that, – that's the sad part. Yeah. It's, like, we all can see that. But that's the season, right? <laughs> but that's the season. Yeah. And uh, we can also see, Out of, honestly, Florida State might be the worst of those teams that you just talked about. Maybe.
0: You know what I mean? Like but, we it, all, but we also said that years ago, and then Jameis won a national championship. So I don't know what's true and what's oh, not.
1: I, I'm with you. It's just it's just weird because Florida State seems to have more flaws at times than some of these other teams. And it's okay. Yeah. Like I'm not knocking any because for me, I'm always like, I just think it always works itself
0: out. Oh, I don't think Florida's a, Florida State's a juggernaut. I think they can be run on, um, yeah. and I think that's a problem for them. Uh, They tend to jump out. You know, they tend to sprint out early and then fall asleep and let teams back in the game. So, like, they are not a perfect football team by any stretch. Um, but I don't think there are many perfect football teams out there. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, me neither. Um, I think Washington's another team that's uh, kind of teetering as well. Yeah. Um, so and it's going to be. Well, that's really, another really team int- you can
0: score on. I mean, they yeah. they, they beat USC seven hundred and ninety three to seven hundred and ninety two a couple of weeks <laughs> ago. They're not playing any defense in Washington. No. So you know. it,
1: so all these things, I I just can't wait. I think the football season is going to be action packed, I and mean, we can't stop. You got to talk about Georgia as well. Who continues to just curb stomp, curb stomp people. Um, you know, everybody thought Ole Miss was gonna be close. I knew it was not gonna be close. I thought it was a terrible matchup. And all they do is go out there and put up 49, 52 points on a top ten team. And everybody was like, oh, this might be Georgia's biggest challenge. And I'm like, mm-mm. You sure about that? That you? you sh- I
0: saw you, your being. You sure, you sure, about, sure that? about that? You sure about that? No, I saw you post that the other day, and it was funny because these teams have let Georgia do the thing that you couldn't let Georgia do. Georgia had a schedule where they could ramp up oh, to yeah. start the season, yeah. right? And they had this runway for for Kirby to get everybody up to speed, to get Carson back up to speed, and you know, playing at a championship level. And they had a couple of flirtations with disaster early in the season, Mizzou being one of them. But ever since then, they figured it out, and now they're ten and zero, and it's like. I think y'all might have missed your opportunity to get Georgia. I'm not going to lie. I, I think these. I think most teams, except maybe Alabama, probably not getting Georgia at this point. <laughs> I, probably I, not getting Georgia. I don't
1: think so. I, I think I, and Alabama will be a good test because Alabama Alabama's so good in physical defensively. Yes. So you know you you got to be able to match Georgia's physicality, bro. Like Georgia is big. They are fast. Uh, my man Cole even said it last night. He said they compress space. Faster and better than anybody else in college football. Yeah. We're like, you think you got something, and all of a sudden it's like, oh no, you don't. It's like NFL quality speed on the field at all positions. Yes. And that is scary. And most teams are not used to playing that type of teams or or people with that type of ability out there. And so yes. it's just it's really fun to watch great Georgia ball being played. And for me, I look at Georgia and Everybody likes talking about Georgia's defense. That's what we all focus on. It's Kirby Smart. It's this, that, and other. They put all these guys in the league on defense. But this Georgia team wins because of their offense. Mm -hmm. And what the quarterback is doing in Carson Beck he has a big-time arm. He's making great decisions with the football, and they're spreading the ball out to all kinds of And Ladd McConkie's still yeah.
0: out there running wild. Like, how's that guy still around? That guy, I mean, the dude that sounds like he should be playing for Notre Dame. He literally sounds like a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> but Ladd McConkey's out there just, just running wild, running free on opposing defense. he's defenses. been
1: doing that since a true freshman, dude, like two years ago. And he just, he just continues to always get open. He's he just always open. He's
0: just... But you know who does not have that embarrassment of riches that you're talking about in the SEC? Huh. Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Although they do, quite literally speaking, have an embarrassment of riches, just not on the football field.
1: Well, well they got really good players. They got
0: some good players. They do. Uh, but they Let's literally have it. an embarrassment of riches because yeah. at halftime of that game on Saturday against Mississippi State, they hoisted a $106 million check from the 12th man donors. And then, oh, you didn't see this? Yeah, they they hoisted. They, I mean, they showed off the check at halftime. No, no I didn't I'm, I'm going to pull this up and show it to you. Um, and then hours later, we find out that they're going to they're they're really going to pay Jimbo Fisher 77 million dollars to go away. Yeah, um, to
1: not coach. I, I called him the luckiest man in America yesterday.
0: Who else would? I mean, yes, yes. I'm sorry, it was 160 million dollar check. How dare you? What not 106. 160. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? Million dollar check. I mean, I've always known that Texas A&M has money, but they're at a level unlike almost anybody else in the country when it comes to basically having unending resources to do what they want. This is going to cost them $150 million. Like, that whole check is going to go toward buying out Jimbo Fisher, his staff, and rehiring another staff. You know it is.
1: and and Kyle and they can do it it, it, not only that but they want to win so bad they'll just throw any amount of money at it remember when
0: people recoiled in horror a couple of years ago when Auburn paid Gus Malzahn 21.5 to go away at the time it was the largest it was obscene like this is a horrible precedent who how could you do this almost four times that much they're paying Jimbo to not coach it's the American dream that
1: is the American dream. It's the American dream. It's to, to get a head coaching job in college, be good for like three years, get and an and then get fired, and and then get fired two away. years later.
0: It's the American dream. It is it. And there will be no reform in how these contracts are handed out.
1: No, not only that, but there's no like uh, – there's no uh, – what is the correct term? Uh, it's a, not a scale, but a um, – there's no clause to say like, all right, if you get a job – that you don't get paid X amount, right? He gets all of it regardless,
0: which is again obscene. Yeah, you know, this is where Jimmy Sexton, the most powerful agent in college football, has all these ads over a barrel because he represents most all of the the major coaches in America. He's right. got a playbook for how he's doing this. All I, these ads. I would no- tell.
1: I would tell if I'm these
0: ads, I would tell the play the coach to walk. I would walk. Like at what point does does I, I thought we crossed the point a long time ago. Like, at an institution of higher learning, and I got my issues with colleges and universities across the country right now anyway for political reasons, but, like, how do you – and I get it, it. The money's raised by boosters and, you know, your donors who care about football, and I'm not here to police how people spend their money, but, dude, dude that's obscene. Like, that—that that is obscene to not coach football.
1: Well, it's not even – I mean, it is obscene, but to even add on top of that, it's that, Kyle – I mean, it, it, the bus is not going to slow down right now, and – like, I just – I don't want to hear anybody complain about NIL and the transfer portal and what all these players are doing to ruin the game and it's not this, that, and the other. Because I'm like, look, we're not dumb. We're not dumb. We're just sitting over here. You guys can fork up $77 million to pay somebody to not even show up. Yep. And I can't get one. Right. Nothing. Right. It was like people mad at me and acting like I'm messing up the whole game Yep. when I get just my little bit. Right. You know what I mean? My little 60 grand. But this dude over here. Yeah. Come on now. I get my 60 grand and folks mad at me. Come on. And saying I'm ruining the game. Yeah. When like.
0: Yeah. Paying some transfer power forward $125,000 to come play is not egregious when you look at what they just did.
1: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's the adults in the room. That are telling me that. Yes. And so it's not about what you say at that point. It's more about what you do. Yes. And so when you continue to pay this and you tell me that I shouldn't do that, bro, I'm going to have, I'm going to be full of resentment. And I'm going to be full of like F you. And I'm going to be full of, I ain't trying to hear none of that. Yeah. And I'm going to be full of, I'm trying to get me. And I'm trying to take care of mine because you guys have so much and you guys look at me or, or frown upon me when I'm just trying to do anything like that. And I just, that's all I'm saying. You cannot complain about none of these other things. Adults should not complain when you guys are making the decisions to give these contracts out and you're making these decisions yeah. to to pay and do and go. And, like, it's not like Jimbo Fisher just became a bad coach. You no. gave him the extension because of the existential. Like, look, you were worried that he was going to go to LSU. Right when uh, Eddie O was about to get, get up out of there. Yeah,
0: y'all didn't have to do that.
1: Didn't have to do it, but you did it. A lot of people told you not to do it. A lot of people told you not to do it. I mean, you'd only won seven, eight games. You maybe won 10 games once, whatever it was. You you could have held off and and been challenging to say, okay, well, if, if you want to go to LSU, we can still go get us a bona fide great coach.
0: Well, if they're smart, they'll call Mike Elko and offer him whatever it takes for him to leave Duke. That's what they should do.
1: We'll see. I, you're gonna, it's going to be – they're going to – look, man, do, do you really trust Texas A&M to get it right?
0: Well, no, absolutely not. Uh, thank you. But the, what I, what they should do is if a man can walk into Duke University and win nine games his first season, and were it not for injuries to the quarterback position, would have done something very similar. Like they're already bowl eligible again. They lost in double overtime to Carolina on the road Saturday night with a third-string quarterback, a freshman at that, I believe. You know, Mike Elko knows what he's doing. He coached at Texas A&M two years ago. Um, He's already shown you that. Like he left to take the A&M. I think he left Wake Forest to take the A&M job because they they dropped a bag on him. Spent a year there. Then I, I no, they were, no, it, they were really good. No, under I think it was him. Notre Dame actually. They, he went to Notre they Dame. They were
1: really good under Mike Elko's defensively. Yeah, they were. Texas A&M was.
0: And so you know, Mike Elko went to Notre Dame, left Wake, went to Notre Dame. Why? Because they offered him a bunch of money. After one year, he went to Texas A&M. Why? Because they offered him a bunch of money. So Mike Elko's already shown you that he will he go where the biggest bag. he will go where the biggest bag is, and I can't blame <laughs> him for that, right? So if this man can walk into Duke and win nine games his first year, if I'm Texas A&M, that is the that's the phone call I'm making.
1: Yeah, man. I, I mean. Hats off to him if he can get it. I just know Texas A&M is going to try and go big game hunting, right? They're not going to – Which is
0: why they'll get it wrong if they do this.
1: They're going to try and go big game hunting. It's stupid if they do that. And we'll see what happens. I don't trust that they'll get it right. By later
0: today it's going to be – Well, rumor reports Texas A&M sniffing around Lane Kiffin or something dumb like that, right?
1: Well, I think Lane's in a great situation at Ole Miss. And he has to wait till the 12-team playoff starts to kick in. Because, like, right now – it's going to be tough for Lane to consistently try and beat Alabama. There are a lot like, Al- of teams
0: that feel that way. Do you know what I mean? They wait for the 12-team playoff yeah. to start. There are and a lot they, of teams that yeah, feel that way. Yeah,
1: because once we got that, we got a chance. Yeah. And all you need is to get hot. It's just about making a run at that point. Yep. You know what I mean? Which so, is why I'm
0: so excited about the 12-team right. playoff. I it's can't like, wait.
1: It's like, dude, it's fine. Like, you don't have to just dominate all year long, yeah. which is sometimes harder to do. Now all you got to do is, bro, you just got to get hot. Get the right matchup. Just get hot at the right time. Yep. Uh, And and be there at the end of the survival. So that's going to be it. But you also got to realize, Kyle, like, what is Texas A&M's expectations? To win a national championship. Because they gave Jimbo, like, the trophy that's like national championship 2000 and blank. And, and you can just trash that thing now or pass it on to the next. Well, I mean, listen, but, as,
0: as a Virginia Tech fan, we had an empty tra- trophy case for a national championship in our football office for a long time. They finally put it in storage, you know, because yeah. it, it was kind of embarrassing to have it out all the time. But uh, I get it. Like, but,
1: but, I mean, Texas a m they've only won 10 games, like, multiple times, like two or three times since, like, the 90s. So, traditionally, you're not this –
0: no, you're right. It's the resources. They think right. they can buy their way into <laughs> yes. that upper echelon. Yes. And in, a, in ways they have because the stadium upgrades, the, the, the locker room, facilities. The, tra- the facilities, I mean, they have oh. as nice facilities. I mean, it is first class. And they ins- have
1: bought players.
0: And they have. The only thing they, they haven't done is translate <laughs> to the field. That's the only thing they haven't done.
1: They have. They have loaded up the roster. They have loaded everything. So in their
0: minds, okay, now at this point we've spent for everything else <laughs> we need. We just yeah. need the right coach. That, that's literally – in their. that's their mindset. So, good they for have, them. And, and I want to pivot to something else real quick before we move on from not – college. we spend a lot of time on college football, which is a good thing. Um, but I'm with you on that. I had to get your take on Sharon Moore in Michigan. Oh, my God. Because, bro, before let me tell you – Before I get you,
1: to Sharon Moore, can I say one thing? Please do. Please do. And that is that for everybody – like, I'm not – I don't want to spend this time hating on a coach named Dan Lanning. Cool. Okay. Got it. But – before Dan Lanning gets crowned as the next greatest thing and greatest head coach in college football, mm-hmm. I would like to see Dan Lanning win a game that actually counts for something. Okay. 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 That's, all, that's, that's my piece. I'm tired of people telling me that Dan Lanning could maybe be Nick Saban's uh, next coach, Alabama's next coach. I mean, getting tossed around for Texas A&M. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, what game has he won that actually mattered?
0: oh um, don't worry
1: i'll wait and i have the answer
0: for you he won the holiday bowl last year
1: yeah none oh wow okay what's your none. beef with dan
0: lanning it is no beef you you got beef I, it's clear you've got beef
1: I, I just i just hate when people get just thrown up just get to climb the ladder of success and he adopted an oregon program that's a really good program he also went in with mario chris left him the cupboards full he also, can recruit. <laughs> he also adopted a quarterback named Bo Nix, five-star quarterback, that is now 24, 20, like 20 in his mid to 20s. Yeah. So you have a lot of good things that are going for you. Yeah. And so I hate when you when pe- we praise these people that get started on second base. Oh, wow. All right. And then I want to see – and then when they get to home plate, which he still hadn't even got to home yet because he hasn't won a game holiday ball dude like what i don't even know what day it was played <laughs> like, i don't even know <laughs> so that part okay it just kind of irks me a little bit all right i don't have beef with dan lanning but i think the whole operation of how they just throw these coaches up the ladder all right that bothers me okay okay
0: now on to sharon Moore. all right all right the sharon, is it sharon or sharon?
1: It don't matter. I ain't learning his name,
0: I, okay? After that display the, on Saturday? There's no crying in football. What was that about, bro? There's no crying. The
1: le- you can't be crying. Bro, it was not even just tear, like slight tear coming down.
0: Right. It was like <gasps> catching his breath. <laughs> Coach, I mean, Dude, I, I, I've never. It was in. Imbe- I haven't felt that much secondhand embarrassment yeah, for like another embarrassment. person. I'm glad you used that word. In a long I was time. Trying to hold back. No, the secondhand embarrassment that I felt for that man because like you and I both agree, you know, we've been around sports, played sports, you at the highest level. Like we understand the emotionality of sports, right? Yeah. You understand how a locker room gets fired up, how you can, you know, galvanize a team, how perceived slights and bulletin board material can fire up a locker room. We get all that, and I love the emotional side of sports. But bro Jim Harbaugh didn't die. Jim Harbaugh's not even he didn't get fired he's not even suspended for the rest of the season oh and he gets to help you game plan all week long he he just can't stand with you on the sidelines yeah he just you just saw him at the hotel like a a few a few hours ago (laughs) and this man is sobbing on national tv cussing on national tv you know uh, this is for you coach Harbaugh it's like bro you know you got to do this for a couple more weeks you gonna cry after every game I mean you beat Penn State, great. And Penn State's not in I mean James Franklin professionally does this for a living. He's going to win 9 or 10 games and then blow the big ones.
1: Yeah, he beats everybody they're supposed to and nobody they're
0: Correct. they're not supposed this man's to. man's 1 in 10 against top 5 opponents in his career at Penn State, I believe. Yeah, it's what they it's just what they do in it's state what college do. It's What they do. Like they lose these big games. So yes. good win. I think it's awesome that Sharon Moore is getting, Sharon, Sharon getting this opportunity. But I watched that live on Saturday, and I looked at my wife, and I looked back at the TV, and I looked at her. She's like, what's wrong? I was like, are you, are you seeing this? And like, she didn't get it. Like, I needed somebody in the room at that moment in time that was like, some, somebody help me out here. Like, why is this man sobbing right now for Jim Harbaugh? Sobbing. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed for the guy. It was, it was
1: terrible. Okay,
0: I'm glad you feel the same way.
1: Terrible. Cow. <laughs> look, man, you know, there's no crying in football. It's wins and losses, guys. And it's all learning opportunities. Yeah. All right? You got to be a man and stand up on your own two feet when you win. And when you lose, you got to do the same thing. Right. All right? That's just part of the game. Bro, you got
0: two more of these in the regular season to win. You got to beat Ohio I, State I to get to I haven't
1: cried the... over football since, like, high school. Like, maybe – Not even year. when you won
0: the Super Bowl? No. No, you didn't. I saw your post-game interview when you won the Super Bowl. Like I guess you could have off the camera, but you seem pretty happy-go-lucky that night. No crying, right? I didn't cry, right?
1: I didn't cry. If we won. I, you didn't cry what? If we lost. If a
0: man wins a Super Bowl, if he wins a national championship, cool. I'm gonna forgive that. Like you know, everybody's different. But bro, you want a regular season game? I didn't game. Even cry after that. I, I know, I know, but. <laughs> I'm allowing for the fact that people are different, right? And Sports is powerful, and it hits us all differently. Like, I watched a Texas Rangers fan, a 63-year-old man, sobbing in his living room. Not that part. I
1: understand. Okay.
0: But, you know, they never won a World Series, been a fan his whole life. Like, sports does that to people. And he was, a, and he was a fan.
1: So, like, he can't even control it. Because, Me, I'm, I'm out there.
0: Shit, man. This is for you, Coach Arbor. Stop it, man. Stop it. I didn't get that at all. And I like emotion in sports, but that was so over the top and so ridiculous on Saturday. Anyway, embarrassing. What's more ridiculous, that or the fact that there was a, a near protest outside of Bank of America Stadium on Sunday? There was what? a podcast that tried to organize what they called "March on Mint" to protest David Tepper and the Panthers for being one and eight. And all I the mean, other- what are you
1: going to protest? They stink. It's,
0: it, it, correct correct like it was a thing they canceled it thankfully and i think mac and bone had the guy on this morning to talk about it but very simply for me tell me you don't have adult responsibilities without telling me (laughs) if you're going to a protest of a (laughs) local professional football team y'all are not here protesting injustices of any kind you're not out here protesting the fact the government's taking 30 percent of your paycheck you're not out here protesting anything else but y'all want to organize a protest on david tepper and the panthers come on now let's get serious and let's be grown-ups here what are yeah, we talking I'm like, about? What are we doing? Just don't go. Just don't watch. I
1: agree, right?
0: It's that simple.
1: It's that simple, which like, a lot of people are not going. Right. And a lot of people are not watching. Right. Um, I'm still trying to watch and trying to go. But man, it's, uh, it's tough. I did watch, uh, oh my gosh, I was laughing so hard. I saw this thing on uh, somebody's uh, Instagram recently, and they were like, it was fourth and whatever for the game on Thursday night. And
0: they ran fucking Hank. Oh my God! <laughs> Can you speak to that real quick? Because like I've known about this concept for a while, but I never had to think about it ever. And the time, so like this is clearly in your vocabulary for a long time, right? So J.T. Oh J.T. O'Sullivan, who's a career journeyman quarterback in the NFL, right? But he does—I think he does a tremendous job with the QB school, breaking down film for people. I watched this man two weeks ago go. They ran Hank twice. In the first quarter. Who does that? Who does that? Dude, Hank is like – it's a concept, man. Like Straight out of like Madden 1998.
1: Yeah, it's, it's – it's, we call it on the defense, we call it dice. I call it a dice concept.
0: Okay. You can call it Hank or dice. It's what, two curls, two hitches, and a flat, yeah. right? So,
1: so if, if anybody had like a – you know, you look at a die, six, six numbers, right? Yeah. Six set of die. So, when you have a five – where all the p- spaces are at on a five-sided die, right? that's Hank. So, you know, except on the, if you look at a football field, you're going to have two wide receivers wearing 12 to 15-yard curls. So that's where the top pieces are. the die are. Then you're going to have a middle element come right there over the middle, right over the, fo- right over the football. That's the middle die. And then you're going to have two guys getting out to the flats to kind of separate and kind of open up windows. So if you look at a five-sided die, it's the same concept. And so that's why I call it Dice Concept or Hank. Yeah. And so it was just hilarious to me. And it's like fourth and six, game on the line, fourth quarter. Yeah. They ran fucking Hank. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was was dying, dying laughing. And, dude, it's, it's, I mean, it's the concept that's been around forever. Not only that, but it wasn't like they fucking did it from like a burst, like a. A bunch concept where now we got some spacing involved. Right. Like, boom, you burst out. This guy comes from here. Maybe the guy, you know, the other guy from across the field gets to one place. Like, it's other ways to run to build up this dice. I don't even think they
0: ran any pre snap motion ahead of it either.
1: No, they didn't. It was, they just ran it. And so it was just so funny because I'm like, I mean, it's ways to even dress up, Hank. Right. You know what I mean? Like, So you don't see it coming, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I can do it from a bunch concept. I'll release the running back, right? So then he'll get to the the bottom die. The one receiver on the outside, he goes out wide, curls up. Then we got one guy, the inside element or the two guy, goes across, a shallow across, ends up all the way across the field on the short, shallow side. Then you got a wide receiver from on that side, runs the curl. Then you got somebody within the bunch, get over the ball. So it's like – You can build it in different ways and make it dress up and look a little bit differently and still run the same concept. Right. Right. But you still roll it out there and it's still five set of die. Like wherever the, when they end up, they're going to end up there. Seattle Seahawks were like the best at doing this with, with Russell Wilson. Like you look up, they'd run it six times in a game they just built it in different ways yeah motion they shift they you know and it's all kinds of different personnel to do it but it's a concept that the quarterback's familiar with right and then they're gonna once he starts to break the pocket and create these motherfuckers are out the gate right doing some stuff sure so but yeah they didn't do that at all. At all it was just it was just really funny um to to see that and now now the fans are onto it you're going to see signs up there if I see one more fucking Hank. Yeah. Like, I, I want to punch my friend name Hank yeah. right now. Yeah. Like, that's where they're at.
0: Well, and it's infuriating because you're watching San Francisco's offense. You're watching, um, you know, Miami's offense. Hell, you're watching Houston's offense right now. Yeah, you know, Houston, somebody,
1: Houston's doing some really cool Bobby things. Bobby
0: Slowick is a, he's going to be a household name. He's going to be a head coach. It, soon.
1: You know what? The crazy thing is, is like, I think some of these great minds of football, they definitely need to stay in the NFL because once you go to college, dude, like, it's shit. Coaching ball as a head coach, it's like 30% of it, dude. Because like, What, recruiting? Do, yeah, ev- no, no, no. Everything else is that. In oh, college, yeah, 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 absolutely. In college, it's recruiting. Well, it's- no, I meant Slocke's
0: going to be an NFL head coach. Yeah, that's yeah. what you I meant. You think he's going to be a head guy? I mean, that's the trend of the league. The the, the young, up-and-coming, hot offensive coordinator's always going to get a job somewhere. Well.
1: Hopefully you can stay with D'Amico a little bit longer. Well, no, I, yeah, I agree with you. That's I, the, I, but I also give the quarterback credit. I give the GM credit for drafting guys and putting correct. weapons around this. I give everything a little bit more credit. The quarterback's not getting hit. And the one thing we knew about C.J. Stroud coming out of college was that, hey, clean pocket, the dude can throw dimes. Yeah. Clean pocket, he can throw dimes. And
0: ever since said, week two, my man's been getting a lot of clean pockets down there in Houston, <laughs> man.
1: throwing dimes. Yeah. And so every highlight I see, it's a clean pocket. I'm not seeing him, oh, break the pocket, da-da-da, and have to deliver, and I'm not seeing that.
0: He's able to stand, set his feet, and deliver a throw.
1: I looked at a breakdown stat, too. Um, He's actually – Bryce Young's actually throwing the ball faster than C.J. Stroud, but that's just the name of the game. You will be forever compared to C.J. Stroud because you guys are in the same draft class. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. And then you will always – the same thing with J.C. Horn. He's going to always be compared to – um,
0: Patrick Sertan, Patrick Sertan. Yeah. It's
1: just what it is, um, especially these high draft pick guys, and so it's just really, really interesting to see all this stuff. I'm rooting for the Panthers only because they have Bryce Young. I told you I didn't want to be in this position.
0: I know you say it every podcast. <laughs> I know you do. I get it, but like but you got to. have to. But you got to root that. for your guy now. Like I, ha- you, I have to, and they got to get better around him. Like I, I'm laughing. Because again, this whole march on meant like I can't, I can't, I, I, can't be, I can't stress this enough. You are not a serious adult person if you are if you are protesting the local NFL team. <laughs> David Tepper does not care what you think. He's not going to make any decisions based on you standing outside holding up a homemade sign. He doesn't care. Don't do that. Like, if you're not willing to protest serious real-life things, don't go protest the football team, okay? Like, you're just embarrassing yourself. I'm begging you're you not You're embarrassing do it. America. Yeah, you are. Like, again, <laughs> the, you, that's the definition of a first-world problem. We're the- going to take to the streets. For, oh, yeah, awesome. For what? The football team's losing. <laughs> Oh, cool. So it's not for like, you know, clean water or, you know, less taxes or, you know, you know violence of any kind. Nothing that you, you, the pro football team is not performing to your liking. So you're going to go shut up. They go do something serious. But the, but people do have a right to be upset and not want to spend money on this stuff because it's fine. it is an awful product in every sense of the word. It is an awful, awful football product. So
1: what happens, Kyle? what happened
0: um I think they're gonna let it play out for the next uh, seven eight weeks nine weeks whatever it is they played nine games they got eight left I think right yes so um I it's clear to me and I think to others Diana Rossini reported on this over the weekend that there's been a mandate sent to Frank Reich's office like your job security is tied to the development of that quarterback um you know the the offense is unacceptable you know the defense. Is Euro Evero is coaching his ass off on the defensive side of the football. Chris Tabor's special teams, never a problem. But offensively, they're a joke, um, and it's it's not a funny joke in any way, shape, or form. C.J. Stroud is having a very abnormal year for a rookie quarterback. Right, um, guys don't have rookie years like C, C.J. Stroud's. Legitimately in the MVP conversation right now. Through eight nine weeks, I now, think
1: I think I think you only say that because you the expectations were so low for who for C J Stroud
0: and the Houston well yeah Texas. for sure but I think collectively to your point a second ago it's not just C J it's not just Bobby no. Slowick it's all of them Nick Casario <laughs> yeah. drafted good players yes. they've got quality depth that yes. I don't think people realize they had yes. they had an offensive line give up eleven sacks and nineteen hurries in the first two weeks they made adjustments <laughs> and then they stopped giving up sacks and hurries. CJ's benefited from that. Tank Dell was a really good draft pick in the third round. Um, you know, while Carolina was busy trading sp- uh, up again to get into the third round for 24-year-old DJ Johnson out of Oregon, who has done nothing to this point in his NFL career. Talking about mentioning that every podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will keep doing that <laughs> um, because that's the kind of thing that gets people fired. In consecutive years, you traded up in the third round. First Three it was times. Mack, uh, I don't think Fitterer did. Um, but they traded up in the third round. They got Matt Corral last year. Uh, year before, whenever it was. Um, well, before
1: that, they got Will Greer, right?
0: Uh, did they tra- Yeah. Did they trade up for Will, though? Uh, ooh. I'm not sure if they did. Uh, I'll look it up. I don't I, know. I
1: don't, you might be right about that. But, Maybe they but did all, not
0: trade up. Um, yeah, but but all these decisions are really starting to come home to roost. They, you know, the guys that Scott Fitterer's taken the last couple of drafts, most of them aren't contributing, whereas in Detroit... That guy up there drafted 22 players. I think all 22 are contributing right now. That's the way you're supposed to GM. It's, it's, um, yeah. So you ask me what's going to happen. They're going to let it play out. But I think if it stays this ugly, and certainly if they're bad enough that Chicago ends up with the first overall pick that should belong to Carolina, uh, not only do I think someone's getting fired, I think multiple someone's are getting fired. Uh, you can't. You, you brought Frank Reich in to be an offensive guru to to, to groom the quarterback. You gave him Jim Caldwell and Josh McCown and Deuce Staley and Thomas Brown. Like, this was supposed to be a loaded offensive staff that got everybody right.
1: I heard he's um, Thomas Brown's not going to call the plays now.
0: Uh, I don't think anybody knows, but I think think he will. It's a disaster. I mean, imagine trying to justify – First of all, calling plays in the first place is a head coach. Not a good idea. You hire an offensive coordinator to do that, even if it is unless your offense. Unless
1: you're that guy. Like, but Sean Payton's that guy.
0: Sean is, and Andy Reid has been that guy, yeah, right? You're, unless you're that guy. But those dudes are few and far between, right? Um, and so your clock management, your game management often tends to suffer, you know, when you're calling. So he gives it up, right? We can debate that, but he gives it up to Thomas Brown a few weeks ago. Now you're going to take it back? First of all, that's a terrible look, right? It's insulting to Thomas Brown. And it's bad for Bryce Young because quarterbacks should not be going back and forth to different play callers all the time, and especially not in their first damn NFL season. right? So that's a disaster. So here's my thing, and I said this yesterday, and I know you listen sometimes, but you know, I don't call for guys to be fired on the air. Won't do it, haven't done it. It's not my job. Like It's not my job to fire Frank Reich. It wasn't my job to fire Matt Rule. Um, I I have
1: your job to not retain Steve.
0: Correct. Like I have professional relationships with these guys. I tend to, I believe in that stuff works itself out. They will get, it 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 works itself out. So I don't call for guys to be fired, but I will say that every alarm in my, the football compartment of my brain is going off right now. Like abort, abort, abort mission. This was a mistake. Abort mission. Like, they may have to clean house again at the end of the year, or at the very least, you know, start over and this time do it the right way with a GM and a head coach at the same time, because they keep staggering the GM and the head coach, and that's not a successful strategy. I don't yeah. think. You know, you can't fire Ron Rivera, keep Marty Herney, hire Matt Rule, fire Marty Herney, hire Scott Fitterer, fire Matt Rule, you know, hire Frank Reich, fire Scott Fitterer. You can't keep doing that. Like that's a that that's a surefire way to just continue you know, mired in this bullshit that you're in right now. So if it continues to be awful, I think there's a very real world in where they're they're looking to hire a new head coach and a new GM this offseason. And I wouldn't blame them. I think, I think it's justifiable. If, if they end up 1-16 or 2-15, and 15, I, I think it's justifiable, especially when your front office is yelling about, hey, mm-hmm. we're here to drop in a quarterback and compete for the division this year. And then you go out and win two games?
1: I think I'm going to go ahead and just put my name in the hat.
0: You are. I might as
1: well. <laughs> it's a pretty good living from what I hear. I mean I- – The grind would be real, but I mean, shit, I got a chance.
0: It's a pretty good living from what I hear coaching in the NFL.
1: No, I'm not coaching. I'm talking about the GM.
0: Oh, you don't want to. Okay, you just want to pick the players. Yeah. And not spend 13 hours a day in the office. Yes.
1: I'd still be over there at 10, but I'm not over there at 13. Yeah. So,
0: So, I mean, that's that's where it is right now. And like, you got, again, if if CJ Stroud wasn't having an other world lead rookie season, if he looked like a fairly normal rookie, I don't think there'd be as much hand wringing and anxiety about Bryce Young right now. But when you take Bryce and you trade up to get Bryce and you give up all they did and the guy who went right after him's cooking right now and your guy doesn't look so hot, you know, you get what you get. That's why my phone lines sound like what they sound like for the last couple every, of weeks.
1: Every week, yeah. every day. Yep. It's, it's what it is. I mean, but I, I'd also like to talk about some other games in the NFL. I By all the, means, sir. I thought the NFL was – was highly entertaining. Shout out to Josh Dobbs, who's just flat out fucking. What a baller. fucking story! Are you kidding I mean, me? He he's been balling, and I hate to say it, but he came on our our show, SEC Nation, a year and a half ago. All right, we're at Tennessee at Georgia. He sat up there on set with us, and we went through some concepts. First of all, dude's a pretty much a, a genius. All right, and he got got put back on the team like two weeks later. Just came off the street. Yeah. And stuck, balled out in Arizona early this year. Was playing well. Yeah. But Arizona's like, dude, we got Kyler Murray and we paying this dude all this money. He's going to play. Yeah. So let's get some for Josh Dobbs while we can. Minnesota's desperate. Kirk Cousins
0: just ruptured his Achilles. Come on in. My man shows up. Yeah, shows up. Didn't even have a single practice with his teammates. Didn't even know who he was throwing the ball to. This man's drawing up plays in the
1: dirt <laughs> in the huddle. Like, yeah. Just tried to retain stuff from Kevin O'Connell and said, dude, let's just go ball. And did that, won the game. Then comes back, beats a good Saints team, a Saints defense. Who the Saints still can't score, and so I'm just like, wow. I am literally like, wow, right now. Yes. With what they're doing in Minnesota and Josh Dobbs doing uh, individually. Well, you it, know, it's been a great story.
0: I know you know that's this. What he's what a like. literal rocket scientist. You know this yes, about that's Josh Dobbs? Yes, I said Dobbs. he's a genius. I dude. know he is. But like, have you seen this shirt? The astronaut. Oh, no, I haven't. I, I, I need to get one of these. I love
1: I love that Minnesota fans are so crazy. they know. They are really good fans. Well, you know, it's
0: in Minnesota. There's not much else to do up there. It's yeah, cold all the time. It's cold as fuck. So they love their football team. No doubt. And that's great. But the Pastronaut, I, I think, is one of the top five NFL nicknames of all time. Shout out. When the guy's a literal rocket scientist and somebody's like, you know what? We're going to call him the Pastronaut. It's brilliant.
1: I think you send me that links. So I'm gonna buy me a shirt. Today. We got.
0: We got, you want to rock Pastronaut T shirts next week? I'm going
1: week? to rock Pastronaut T shirts. It's fantastic. And shout out to Josh Dobbs who came on our show and has literally been balling. So
0: I don't think he threw his first NFL touchdown until like his fourth year of his career. Is that right, dude? He sat on benches, practice That's all quads. He did he, he did nothing. All he did was just continue to learn how to play quarterback. Yeah, he didn't throw his first. And he
1: he, he struggled in Tennessee because the offenses were so dumb that he was running. Oh so, yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's amazing. Look, and that's what everybody needs to understand. The NFL is – it's tough.
0: He didn't throw his – he entered the league in 2017. He did not throw his first NFL touchdown pass until 2022. He threw two touchdowns, two picks in 2022 in a partial stint with the – Titans. The Titans.
1: Yeah. He got just thrust in there because the quarterback got hurt. Tannehill got hurt and was like, bro, Josh Dobbs, you're in. Yeah. Off the street. That was, that was after our show.
0: So, I got people telling me this week, like, Josh Dobbs is evidence that these rookies just shouldn't be starting anymore in the NFL. Like, we've gone too far in these rookies needing to play. And Josh Dobbs is further evidence that, you know, you guys need to sit and learn and grow up. And it's like, yeah, I, I was never opposed to rookie quarterback sitting.
1: I, I, I think it's more of that it's not a perfect science. Well, I think there's that, too.
0: I mean, Geno Smith's come back in the NFL,
1: right? Geno Smith is going to be a quarterback that can play in the league for 20 years, dog. Because he's already shown the capability to be a quality backup. Yeah. So when he's no longer the starter, he can still sit on somebody's bench and hold the clipboard for another five, six and years. And he's a guy you want
0: in your locker room.
1: And, and still be able to be a great quality backup. You know he's going to have it all right. He's going to be able to help lead and coach up younger people around him. And he's won games as a starter. Before he got benched out of the Jets and now resurrecting his career with Seattle, dude. They won the division. I mean, like, I mean, they're competing for the division every year with him. And I know Pete Carroll's gonna get a lot of that. But man, Goat Geno is kind of balling. He's gonna be able to a guy that's gonna be able to say he's gonna be Tyrod Taylor, but but better because he's been a high quality starter as well. Tyrod's never had that opportunity. What the Giants, another team, what they should have did? Instead, I mean, I guess you paid Danny Dimes, but whatever. Like, you should have just maybe lost and just said, "Hey, Tyrod, we're rolling with Tyrod." And not pay Danny Dimes 40-something mil a year. Like, I'm not going over 30.
0: Well, Tyrod can't stay healthy. Like, I love that guy. That's my dude, man. Like, that guy – right <laughs> he and I were in school, you know, partially the same time. But that guy, legend in Blacksburg. Tyrod is one of my favorite people. Just a tremendous human being. But you want to talk about somebody that snake bit in his NFL career. I mean – I mean, he he got even with the
1: charges. He wasn't. Sp- he was supposed to be the starter. Herbert wasn't supposed to start at this first. And
0: plugged his lungs with a with a <laughs> fucking needle, and that was it. Yeah, you know, I mean, are you fucking kidding me? Um But then now, you know, of course, now he gets another uh, was a rib injury, I guess, in uh, yeah, in New York. He went to IR. It's like this dude gets a great opportunity. Daniel Jones goes down. It's like okay, Tyrod's all grown up. He's got a good offensive minded coach, and they sh- and they were putting up decent numbers. Yes, yes, they were. So if you're like he he threw for two touchdowns and two seventy nine against Washington in the 3rd week of October um you know he but like and it had a decent game against the Bills but then he gets hurt and that's it and but so you know there are guys out there who've been around for a couple of years like look what make look what Baker Mayfield's doing in Tampa this year that man has thrown for like 2200 yards 14 touchdowns and five interceptions in Tampa and last year we're all looking around like is this guy going to be on a studio show for college football soon like when is like, his career's got to be close to over now, right? And then you look at him a year later, and it's like, oh, the Panthers were the problem the whole time. <laughs> yeah, the, the Panthers have been the problem for everybody this entire time, apparently. So
1: It's been some great football. I mean, even that Ravens-Browns game last week was crazy. Yeah. Um, I've just been holly- – I just love watching NFL. Uh, When I just get to sit up, I'm back. I'm not going to all my kids' games on Sunday, and I just get to watch ball because – Yeah. It's the best of the best.
0: Well, I was thinking about you last night. I I had Monday Night Football on. I I fell asleep in the second half because I'm old. Um, But uh, Russell Wilson dropped a dime. See that ball Cameron Sutton caught? Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: I got Cameron Sutton on my fantasy team. You don't think I was going fucking bananas? So I'm
0: watching it with my wife last night, and I'm like, did he catch? And then they showed the first replay, and I'm like, that's a touchdown. Holy shit. So when I saw it in real live action, I'm like, dude, I think that's a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, because my eyes are really good at that. Like, just so wide, I thought like. he got the toe drag, but I thought maybe his other foot was just on the line at first. And I was like, oh, no, is he going to miss that by like a half an inch? And then they did the super close up. I was like, oh, my God, that's a, some Randy Moss shit right yeah. there. Some Chris and, Carter it, stuff. That's what I tell everybody. I'm like, now that is the NFL catch. Mm-hmm. Like that stuff. Because he knew. Yeah. He popped up and he's like, oh, you got that wrong. I scored <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute, he's awfully confident. Show me that replay. And I was yeah. like, damn, he scored. Yeah. And yeah, it's the execution's like, unbelievable. And Cortland
1: Sutton's he's a really good quality, you know, number one, number two receiver in the NFL. And I'm like, dude, this is this is what it's like to be on on Sundays. Yeah. When you see plays like that being made. I'm yeah. just a big fan of it. Um oh, shout out to Zach Arnett, who also got canned at Mississippi <laughs> State, too. I mean, I feel bad for him. I don't even know if he wanted the Mississippi State job. He's a high quality defensive coordinator. Right, right. They right. got thrust into being the head coaching job because Mike Leach tragically passed away yep. 11 months ago. And Mississippi State's already moving on. And unless they won eight or
0: nine games this year, they were always going to fire him.
1: Well, Zach Selman, the athletic director, did not hire him. All right? So they were in the interim phase at AD as well. Yeah. Same thing we kind of talked
0: about. Kind of like a lost season for them.
1: Yeah. And it just – it stunk. But also, you are what your record is. And they got worse offensively under Kevin Barbet because they were switching like a complete overhaul of offense – All right, the quarterback that you thought you were going to have, he's hurt. So now you're trying to run this more run-first offense under Mike Wright. And it was – it's just bad. And then defensively, I thought he should have been calling the defensive plays the whole time. Instead, he was using uh, his D coordinator, uh, Matt Brock. And that didn't work. It was just – and when you – Regress offensively and defensively under your watch, you're going to get blamed for it. So yeah, that was another thing. But Zach, you're going to be good, man. Uh, shout out to him. I think he's a great guy, great coach as well.
0: I had to ask you this before we go. Last thing, um, I don't know if you saw this or not. You know who Clay Travis is radio host, Tennessee guy. So I bring this up because um, Bet Online, the sports book, I don't know if you've seen this story or not. I have not. They have offered the Las Vegas Aces, the now defending WNBA champions, Bet Online. Has offered the Las Vegas Aces one million dollars to play any high school boys' state championship team of Clay Travis's choosing to see who wins the game. Right now, of course, this all got sparked because of the gender issues in sports and the fact that you know there's a lot of discussion around fairness in women's sports and um, you know transgender women that want to compete against natal real women and things like that. Um, and so, Bet Online has piggybacked on Clay Travis's bet here one million dollars they've offered the las vegas aces to play any high school boys state championship team of clay travis's choosing now go ahead you, you look like you want to address that go ahead
1: I, I i just feel number one what are they trying to prove all right
0: i guess they're trying to reiterate that there are differences in men and women physically and athletically i, I don't think
1: i think everybody in the las vegas
0: aces will agree to that
1: eh you'd be surprised I think those women would agree to that.
0: When you got people like Megan Rapino out here, you know, a former, you know, legendary soccer player acting as if there aren't differences. I mean
1: She's fighting a totally different cause. Sure. She is. She's being maniacal about like, look, just talk to the greatest of all time that when they're asked that question. Yeah. Serena Williams. I agree with you. Serena said this a long time ago. I'm not going out there and playing dudes. Like, get out of here. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? She said I think (laughs) I think ten years ago, she said that she, she said I couldn't beat – it was either the top and 150 right or 200 you know, men's players in the world. She was like, I'd get run off to court by all of them. Yes. Right? And Serena's incredible. Right? We all – GOAT status. I <laughs> mean, we all no respect – C- GOAT, GOATess, whatever we call her. Yes. Right? Ab- but, yeah, I mean, that's – and so if you're the aces, you don't take that bet because you don't need it. You, know, you, you don't, don't need it. You don't want to go through it. But I and think, Becky Ham's a great coach. Sure. But, like, if you take the, let's say the, the 4A state champion boys out of the state of North Carolina, where we are – and you put them up against the Las Vegas Aces, the boys' team's winning because their game's played above the rim. You think so? Absolutely. And that's not a disrespect, I don't think, to the WNBA team. Absolutely I, I, they win.
1: I, I, just, I would severely push back on that because everybody on your state high school team – they're not all D1 prospects. I said 4A, not 1A. Ex- I said 4A, not 1A. I, I still agree. They're not all D1 prospects. No, they're and, not all D1 prospects. And I just feel that the, the WNBA players are that legit and that good. I well, mean, they
0: are. That's why they shouldn't take the challenge because they're champions. That should be respected. Right. And I do respect that. And, and- – but they're there's a the reason one, nobody wants to talk about this. They're because, the ones
1: that have everything to lose as well.
0: Okay, but let's also remember that a group of 15-year-old boys beat the U.S. women's national team 5-1 a couple of years ago.
1: In soccer. It happened
0: to the Australian women's national team, too. I think they lost 7-1 to a bunch of 15-year-old boys. And
1: I, I, with that much space, I think it's a totally different game. Well, sure. Vers- versus the basketball, it's like, it's a confined... Like, right, but again,
0: only- at the 4A boys' <laughs> state championship level, you're talking about a boatload of guys that are going Division one, Division two, even <laughs> Division three. <II, even laughs> You know, and Division Three guys are playing above the rim. Division Three guys are dunking. Division Three guys, you know, are are touching above the square on the backboard. We also
1: should let everybody know these women do practice against men in
0: practice. They do, but not not fellow Division One men. Usually, it's a team of managers, you know, JV teams, and it's a great way for them to hone their skills too. Yes. Um, And this is why I wanted to point out that it's you know it's starting to pick up some steam on national on on sports talk shows and things like that. Funny though, it is funny.
1: But my only deal is I would take the aces because I'm going to. I'm going to go with the champion. I don't think they should play this game. They have nothing <laughs> Yeah, but why don't you think they should play this game? Because they have nothing to prove. You only go down to their level when you say agree to this. Just know that. Got it. <laughs> it it's like Alabama playing UAB. Like, you, you have nothing to gain by winning here. Nothing. The moment you win, does it really silence it? Because then they're like, dude, we, that wasn't even the best team. They're going to say that. If you don't think somebody's going to say that, you're lying to yourself.
0: <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm not I'm, – hold on. Tell, help me out again. Hold on. Uh, not Who's not even the best team?
1: Somebody's going to say that. This isn't the, the best high school boys team. Somebody's going to say okay, that. Okay,
0: but the best high school boys team in America is beating the Las Vegas Aces. You think so? Without question. I, I, ten I, times out of ten.
1: I would not agree with that. I, I just don't agree with that. What? I don't. I don't. I, I think these women are so much more skilled and talented. They are than, incredibly talented and skilled. Then what? I don't think you're giving them enough credit. So just because they can play above the rim doesn't mean like you can't box out. These women are tall, too. Now, these women ain't no jokes. They're not slaps.
0: Okay. But I could take you to Oak Hill. I could take you to Brewster it's Academy.
1: Asia Wilson is a, is a baller.
0: Nobody's suggesting otherwise. All right. Nobody's suggesting otherwise. But I, I think it, like, we shouldn't run from the reality of the physicality of the game, the differences in the way the game's played.
1: These guys haven't
0: even hit their, their peak strength. They're still in high school. Sure. But we're talking about the best high school team in a state. We're not talking about the average got dumped in the first round of the 3A playoffs there's team.
1: There's no way I think this happens.
0: Oh, no, I don't I, think they, I, I, don't, I don't think they beat them. I don't. Think, I don't, I think, they, I don't the, think I don't think. they play. So I don't think we'll ever actually get an answer. I
1: would take the Las Vegas Aces.
0: I feel like you're just being very respectful right now because I'm, you don't I'm, want to be disrespectful. I'm, this is my opinion. You're allowed to have it. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. That yeah. was
1: great. That was a great. That was a great. I'm going to ask everybody that now. Now I'm. Now I'm. My, my wheels are turning. Are they? They're
0: really turning now. I mean, why? That was a great. Listen, thing. I love women's college basketball. The the, the the tournament last year was amazing. Yeah. I've been watching. Gino Orem and Pat Summit's team since I was a kid like I love the women's game I do and I, I thought last week my Hokies the lady Hawkeyes I mean there was 15,000 people at the Spectrum Center yeah like I'm not one of these dudes that will run down women's sports I love the women's College World Series like I women's sports are fantastic but if you're asking me the God's honest truth if you take the state champion boys from California from Texas from Georgia from North Carolina from New York they're beating the WNBA oh, champions just, oh I just I would not sign off on that. All right. Well, I think what you just said it though. Serena knows the women's national team got beat by sport. the women's national team got beaten by a bunch of boys that couldn't even drive yet.
1: That was in soccer. A lot Fifteen, not
0: eighteen-year-olds. This
1: is a totally different game. What do you mean? It's a totally different game. You're talking about tennis, individual sport, so one-on-one, and then you're talking about soccer where it's so much wider the field, so you can your speed matters uh-huh. a lot more. Yeah, I think the speed does matter. As far as the boys are concerned, but it's—I just think it's totally different because you can do some different things, Right. Yeah. And it's in a more confined, like it's so. In a confined Oak Hill,
0: area. Brewster Academy, Montverde Academy, like any of these big basketball powerhouses, you—the th- guy—they're sending dudes to Duke, to Kentucky, to Carolina. Oh my God! I can't believe that's your take. All right, we're gonna come back at this next week. I cannot believe you right now. We gotta go though. I gotta go to work. For Roman Harper, I'm. We're gonna argue this next week. I'm Kyle Bailey. My wheels are so turned.